Hello, and welcome to The Chess Circuit, a podcast all about the wonderful game of chess. My name is Adam Ralph, and I'm your host. Hi, Adam. Hello, Ben. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. How's it going? Very good. Are you recovering from uh, watching all seven episodes? <laughs> indeed, indeed. So seven episodes. I watched the first one on Friday morning, which is, I guess, the joys of working from home. And then um, finished off last night with the final one. So kind of spread it over, over a sort of a longish weekend. How about you? How, how did you watch from Adam? Did you go back to back or did you take some breaks? Well, I actually subscribed just to watch this. You know, for ages, I've been thinking about it. People kept saying, oh, you've got to subscribe to Netflix. And they kept giving me things like Breaking Bad. Mm. Uh, but it, it didn't it didn't quite do it for me. But this was was worth was worth subscribing. I mean, I watched four of them in a row yesterday and then I watched um, the other three this morning. And I think that was because there's an obvious break in the narrative after four episodes, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, no plot spoilers, but that that was a good way to break it up, and uh, I certainly didn't regret signing up to Netflix. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, so, so it sounds like it sounds like you really you really enjoyed it then in terms <laughs> of, in terms of your experience of it. Do you want my honest opinion? Yeah. Okay, I really I really thought it was um, a brilliant production as. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, as a as a chess player, you kind of pick up on the kind yeah. of minor inaccuracies. But if I if I had come to if I had come to watch it without having read the novel, and mm. um, without being a chess player, you know, maybe somebody who just knows about mm. the game of chess, I I would have I would have enjoyed it without any any problems whatsoever. And as it was, I enjoyed it, and I was able to suspend my my kind of nerdy chess arbiter hat kind yeah. of disbelief and enjoy it as a really good drama. I mean, I realise that there are things that are different about the series and we can talk about some of those. Mm. But generally, I thought this is... I mean, I think this has got really good reviews and I'm mm. not surprised. It's got a very good um, rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which I always think is a good guide. Um, IMDb or Google, you know, they've all got very high ratings. Mm. There's something that, that has chess as the main focus of the action that that is quite impressive i think that's right i think i think you enjoyed it more than i did though adam and i think that's that's what we here to take different points of view go on yeah, tell no, me what you I, I think it was, if we both thought exactly the same it would be a, a short podcast so so it's probably <laughs> good okay so part part of it i have to confess is my chess nerdiness you know there, there were things in there that, that did great for me a little bit in terms of a chess you know things for example like um the speed at which they were moving you know and there was there are some scenes where they're playing and there's this, this huge crowds watching and and the crowds um you know they swing their heads backwards and forwards as if they're watching like a table tennis match or something coming <laughs> at Wimbledon and that and I know it's a small detail but I just thought you, you know Netflix you can take as long as you want over each part you know if you want to be realistic just just don't don't have them moving as if they're playing kind of speed chess um so I think I think that grated that grated on me a little bit. I think there are some things, you know, Kasparov himself has said that not all of the positions that you see are, are totally realistic. And even some of the early ones, you know, as a prodigy, I would expect her to develop her Queen's Knight slightly more often than than she seemed to do. You know, for example, 
And I'm, you know, yeah. and there's a point where Benny Watts resigns in the final in the final game when she's playing them all simultaneously, where actually he has a move that could actually where it's not actually checkmate. Um, so I know that I know that sounds kind of a bit a little bit picky, and and it, and it, and it is really, isn't it? But I think maybe. Maybe for me, my 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 deeper challenge with it is, and, and don't get me wrong, there was there was plenty that I liked about it, and I'm not I'm not you know absolutely sticking the boot into it, but I think I think for me part of the problem perhaps is that as a production it's so faithful to the book, and because of that, some of the challenges that that you see in the book in terms of you know some of the things we talked about in terms of the potential lack of jeopardy that Beth Harmon faces, you know this kind of like fairly effortless glide up the chess world. Are kind of replicated in in the Netflix series too, and I think and I think that's my challenge that there's a lack of there's a lack of tension because of that. Now I don't know whether had I not read the book and I didn't know what was coming, would I have had a bit more a bit more tension than than perhaps I did, and I, I guess I would. But 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 those were sort of my challenges, I think, really. Yeah, I think um, they have done some. I mean, they probably thought about that when they read the book and they decided to turn it into a series. They they definitely did some tinkering with the characters. Like they've yeah. they've cut some, and they've introduced others, and they've they've changed the, the kind of focus on on some of the remaining characters. But the basic main character is is Beth Harmon, and they've they've more or less remained true to the the book. So yeah. as a drama series, it, it contains plenty to entertain. You know, if you're a non chess player, I think you could watch it and still enjoy it, mm. um, even if you're looking at it. On, on a very basic level, is it is it a is it a well produced piece of drama? Oh, it is. I mean, it, it's it's beautifully shot. Beautiful you know, shot. the clothes are amazing. The locations yeah. are really well drawn. But I I also picked up on 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 quite a few minor inaccuracies, and I had to kind of theoretically kind of sit on my hands. Mm. So you know, there there are parts where, apart from the um, the obvious speed at which they're playing. Um, they're not hitting the clocks consistently no, and right. Moved down. And I just thought, you know, to be honest, Ben, I thought that's probably just me. And then I started to read what other what other sort of chess players like me were saying on the forums. And I thought, no, it's not just me. We all it grates. It grates. I mean, there's a part where um, they're they're in the uh, the final part of the the series where she's playing in Russia. Yeah. And and they've got commentary, live commentary. Yeah. Yes. Now. The live the live commentary focuses on you know the opening stages of the game yeah. and some of it is a all right it's a bit it's a laughable some of it from a chess point of view and I just thought to myself well I know what happened here you know the advisors you know Pandolfini yeah. and, and Kasparov would never have allowed this to pass yeah. so what they've done is they've they've shot the series they've got the chess on the board right and then they've had to do this all in post production yeah. somebody's had to do the voiceover somebody's had to write a commentary and and they've never once run it past a chess player. They've certainly not shown it to Pandolfini or Kasparov because they would have jumped all over it. And so things like that definitely grated a bit. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and there's a couple of others. But then there are some positives on the chess side that I want to pick up on as well. But just, just, just let's just get it all out there. Let, let, let's just... It's a bit... It's a bit, it's a bit oh, oh. It's therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good. Good, good therapy, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's funny actually. One of the things we talked about when we reviewed the book um, last time was um, 
the fact that everybody she meets is just such a wonderful loser. And again, yeah. you know, here there's nothing, you know, nothing, but they have nothing but joy from the first opponent she beats in the Kentucky Open all the way through, you know, to yeah. the world champion himself. Nothing, you know, un- unalloyed joy. And I'm just not sure if that's, you know, if that's any of our experiences really, you know. So, so that one, that that one just didn't seem quite right. And also, you know, one of the challenges with Netflix, which goes to your point in terms of beautifully shot, beautiful, beautiful lighting, very glossy, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but how many chess tournaments have you played in which you've got venues that look as amazing as that? You know, it was like yeah. walking into an, you know, an art gallery or something, you know. It was, it no, was... exactly. <laughs> very, very, very few. Um, and I've never known, I mean, I agree with you, I've never known chess players lose so well. Um, I, I thought, I thought actually, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Mm. So I've read the book and, and we had this, we had this discussion about yeah. whether or not there was enough tension and I kind of thought they'd go the other way. Mm. So, so after the first four episodes, when when she kind of hits a really bad patch, I thought she'd really hit a bad patch and, and you know, they'd really go to town on that. And I also thought they might start chucking in some bad losers, you know, people yeah. who kind of throw the board in the air and, you know, you know, say nasty things to you, yeah. <laughs> you know, some nasty tricks. And they never they never used any of that. I mean, obviously they hadn't they hadn't spoken to, you know, normal, ordinary club no. players. They would have got the what we know to be true, which is that we really, really hate to lose. Um, what they had got right, which I was quite interested in, was um, it, I'm reading this chess book called um, Chess Improvement by mm. Peter Wells and Barry Heimer. And they, they talk quite a lot in there about motivation. And what I thought they had got right was that she has bags of motivation to be as good as she is. Yeah. We were talking about... Um, how did she manage to take three years off as a kid and still bounce and still even bother playing chess? Mm. But when you, when you think about it, she has quite a lot of motivation emotionally, um, originally financially, you know, just to make a living at something that she's good at. And I think they caught, they caught something of the obsession, obsessive flavor of, of chess players. Although some of the other minor characters are more obsessive than she is. And, and she seems to be actually a lot more, normal and for instance you know she she sleeps with i think harry yeah a belt sick you yeah. know or what's and, they, and they're all they're interested in talking about is chess yeah. and i okay she's actually more normal than they are which is quite unusual yeah and i think for me that was one of the interesting ones because there's this there's this sort of like this slight tension i think in both the book and in the film which is not, not a criticism but i think i think it's genuinely an interesting point in terms of is she meant to be this wholly intuitive player or is she a great studier? And of course, we both know there's no possible way you could be as good as she's meant to be without huge, huge amounts of, of, of study and so on. And I think what you see is on the one hand, you see, obviously, she has um, the, the, the modern chess openings book that she's given as a child. And you see her studying, wanting to get the, you know, the early chess magazines and so on and, and so on. And, and, and that's all to me seems quite 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 believable and, and, and quite nicely done but then there's a bit later on when she's talking to benny watson she's like oh i've never studied any of Voltox games and it just doesn't and that, and that doesn't work and i just thought oh you didn't you didn't you didn't need that i understand the, the balance they're trying to strike but it didn't it didn't quite work because there was a little bit where where it was almost as if she hadn't really studied and we and we know she had and there's you know no reason not to not not to show that i think i think we should talk about I mean, 
I think we should talk about eye contact though, Adam. I, 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 I messaged you last night. I think these players all have extraordinarily good eye contact, don't they? I think I think I said something to you like in the first two minutes of the game, some of them manage more eye contact than most chess players will manage either at or away from a board in a lifetime. And, you know, they're, you know, they're all... You know, maybe it's a Netflix thing, but all the characters, they, they all come across as real extroverts. They're all pretty clean cut and, you know, and, and, and so on. And again, I, I get it for like, you know, the screen and stuff. But again, you know, we could have done with a few more anoraks, I think. And, you know, didn't see any carrier bags. Actually, that's a very good point. When when she goes down, into, I think Benny's. Yeah. Basement, yeah. In- I kept I kept thinking that she's gonna I mean she goes down she thinks she's gonna go into the kind of middle of the block, like the first floor. And instead he says, No, no, I'm down there. And and they go down into the basement, they go down these narrow stairs and it looks fairly manky, but I mean not that manky, yeah. and maybe that's a sign for things to come. And then they open the door and I think, Oh, I'd really like to live yeah. here. And I think no, that wouldn't be anything like a real chess obsessive's no. apart I, I, certainly nothing like no. Like mine. And, and what's interesting is that's one of the differences with, with the book, because, you know, when we talked about this last time, I, I think I mentioned that scene in New York was actually my favourite, my favourite part of the book, because um, because I think I think um, Tevis really gets to a T, you know, the small grimy flat, this New York life, you know, the chess player almost living hand to mouth. And somehow, somehow, yeah. somehow, you know, Netflix kind of lost a bit of that, and I and I know why. I, you know, you can completely see why in terms of the glossiness that they're trying to portray, but in some ways, it, it lost a little bit of grit for me because of that. It's interesting because my my wife said to me, "Is this based on a, a true story?" And I said, "Well, there are parts, many parts of it I can recognise from a lot of stories, but it's it's altogether too clean uh, to be one person's." story because because we know it's a lot more complicated than that and we we both thought if it if it's if it does for chess you know what what um say the fisher's basket yeah. match did for chess loads of people look at this and they really like the story and they think wow as a result of this chess is fascinating enough yeah. for me to teach my, my kids or i want my t- kids to play in a tournament then that's a great a great piece of pr i mean you must remember um Films of the past that have featured sports. I mean, I'm trying to think of um, like the ones that, like that like Wimbledon. Yeah, like there was Wimbledon, Wimbledon with Kurt yeah. Dunst and Bettany, yeah. right? So if, if you knew anything about tennis and you'd watched a lot of tennis, you'd be you'd be laughing yeah, yeah. at that. But it was probably a good. It was a good story, and it kind of uh, not that tennis needed any PR, but it did a good PR job. Yeah. No, I think I think that's fair. I think there's no doubt it will it will draw people in into the game, which has to be a, a positive. And I think I think the thing is, you know, one of the things I guess, you know, in the middle of lockdown and all the rest of it, or as, as as good as, you know, there was a bit of me that was very envious to see people being able to sit at chessboards and and play games. And, you know, and you thought, oh my goodness, you know, I really want that want that world back again. And I think, you, you know, there's no question that when you start when somebody starts to play, you know, the beauty that they see on those chessboards in that series will translate to some extent into their own games. And there, there will there will be new chess players because of this. And that, you know, that has to be good. Absolutely. Yeah. I like I like um Beth's character. I mean she's a very strong female character. And I think I think one of the things that they did which I was surprised at was when they when they transitioned from the book to a screenplay, they they made her character slightly weaker. I mean, there are things in there that that shouldn't be in there. For instance, there's um, there's a bit where she's playing a match, and her opponent offers her a draw, and she looks up, and Towns, her kind of first yeah, love, she shakes her, head, her kind of 
her first yeah. love shakes yeah. and she refuses to draw off her and, and that doesn't happen in the no. book and would it happen in her life i mean she's such a strong character she she's ironically in the in the tv version she has just been watching a game where somebody was offered a draw and then the other guy just looks at the position and goes hell no yeah. and i thought that's what she was going to say yeah. but instead she looks up and a man gives her advice which we know is yeah. is illegal yeah. <laughs> you know but she wouldn't do that she would do what she wants to do i think i think that's right and you know it was funny actually because there's something about has lost a little bit of spikiness, but there's a couple of there's a couple of moments where they get it really nicely. So, for example, when she's going to turn up for the I can't remember, you know, for the, whether it's the, the Kentucky or the US Championships the following year after she's won it. I think it's the Kentucky one, and you know, she's been on the on the pills and the drink, and they phone her up and say, "Can you get here early for a photograph?" And, you know, and she's, um, yeah. she's 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 typically she, she she's quite rude and quite funny and quite funny quite quite a, quite a good way actually. And, it, it, and, I, and I looked at that and I thought. Yeah, I can imagine a top chess player that would be how it yeah. would would respond to that. I, I recognize I recognize that bit. Yeah. And I think yeah, I think as well it was quite funny. And again, it was one of the small touches which I did think was was quite true to life. There's a bit where she's trying to raise the money to go to Russia and she um and they say, Well, can you get some money off the Federation? And she says, Well, not really. They hate me because I haven't done enough for them. And I could you know, we we both know <laughs> players in quite a few countries who would you know, write your own say that about their federation, I would imagine. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but do you, do you remember we were talking about how um, how little she seems to lose? Yeah. And in the actual book, there, there's a moment when she goes back to play and she forgets that she's even signed up to it, but she goes yeah. back to defend her title, which you've just re- referred to. And then the first thing she does is she screws up the first game yeah. and withdraws. Yeah. And they didn't even put yeah. that in. They didn't... It, Cut out that no, one. They didn't show it. And do you remember? I, I said last time we spoke. I thought that was the best written game in the book because it absolutely made that feeling we all feel when when you lose a game, particularly to a weaker player. And it and it wasn't there. It wasn't there. So so, so I think the only two defeats that I can remember from a series, but correct me if I'm wrong, are both against a world champion. Yeah, and they needed it dramatically. They needed it to kind of kick her when she was down. You know, when she's literally lost her mother and she's yeah. on drugs and. Drink drink and they needed to kick her a bit more before she she kind of i mean i hate to say this but i I watched the last three episodes and she more or less recovered from uh alcoholism and addiction to pills overnight well literally overnight actually she went to bed with with a hangover and then the next morning she gets up and she's more or less recovered from it all and i thought no she needs to suffer a bit longer she needs to suffer and it's, it's, it's interesting because the first episode I think they get the, you know, they get the drug, the drugs bit very good. I think in the first episode, as you say, then it seemed to me, you know, for a lot of the other episodes, it just seems like this very minor impediment. If that, as you say, then there's a breakdown. But Jolene, yeah. Jolene, her, you know, her childhood friend pops around overnight, and it's all, it's all kind of sorted. Yeah. And, or, you know, it's, it, 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 it's a difficult one because I think again they could have made her grittier. And if, and if you think about it, if you think about. I don't know, a, a Bobby Fisher or whatever. Okay, that wasn't his particular problem, of course. But, you know, but somehow that unpredictability, that ability to absolutely self-destruct or not play for a few years or whatever, you know, I think I think you actually needed to see her actually inflict more harm on herself yeah. for you to then feel more vested, I think, both in her and in the eventual outcome. Yeah. I mean, when you look at her back, her backstory isn't alluded to in the um, no. in the book. I mean, they just they just basically say she's an orphan. Yeah. But in the in the TV series, they give her a backstory, yeah. which is quite crucial to the the whole the whole thing because what drives her is, in some ways, it's she's like she's looking for her, her family, yeah. 
And, you know, she's got Jolene, who's a fantastic character. She's like a big sister, partly, you know, in, in the book, partly somebody, she's like her first love, yeah. um, very close to her. And then she's got other sort of peripheral characters um, who are like siblings. Wow. But the main, the main one is, is Alma, her, her mother. And I thought, actually, when, when I, you know, I said they, they did that quite well in the book. I mean, I thought I thought he wrote that really nicely. They did that brilliantly in in the series. I think they get that absolutely spot on. I do too, actually. I, I totally agree with you. I think I think the relationship with Alma is is very well drawn, actually. And you know, I, I liked it. And you could you could kind of you could kind of relate to it. And some of the argument, you, you know, the arguments that they had, I thought, yeah, I could, I you know, we could all you know re- sort of relate to those actually and stuff. But but it was interesting because one of the things that you said last time was you thought that they would give the stepfather. A bigger part because that was a way of generating more tension and i think frankly adam they should have been hiring you as a as an editorial consultant <laughs> because, because you know because of course they didn't do that but i do still think i think you were right i think it would have helped he was he was a nasty character and you, you needed some you, ne- you needed a bit of grit in there yeah. to produce pearl and i think as a as a drama i think it's it's great but i think it could have been like even better with with just a, with just a little tweaking, but that I suppose that that's always the case with anything that you produce. So, for instance, um, one of I mean I like some of the peripheral characters. Right. Um, one of the casting choices was um, Benny Watts, and in the book, because he was described as a, I think it's like a pirate. Yeah. You know, I I thought of him as older and yeah. a bit more grizzled. Yes. Than the you, you know Thomas Brodie Sangster, who who's thirty but he looks about fifteen. Yes, he did look about. You know, I remember he doesn't. He was in love actually, and he hasn't changed much since he's since he was a kid. <laughs> he's too young for the part, even though he's he comes with a with a kind of beard and a yeah. goatee, you know, beard and a moustache. He's, he's, he's too young. I mean, as you, you know, as you say, you know, there's no no disrespect to him. He's clearly a very good actor, but I, I agree, miscast. And I, Absolutely. And, and I think part of part of the challenge is there was no there's no cynicism in him and Benny Watts in the book is cynicism through and through and that's what you expect you don't get to be a New York you know making your life out of chess in as on the mean streets of New York without being pretty cynical and you know I, I kind of wondered a bit this, this the scene where they're all you know which again it's in the book but where all the New York players are all phoning into the you know the advice and that unalloyed yeah. joy at Beth's success whether, whether or not that would you know, be true. Stuff. I mean, it's funny. It reminded me, Adam. I was thinking about um, a review I wrote for Chess Circuit of um, the best I saw in chess by Stuart, Stuart Rachels, where he t- tells a story about um, Korchnoi being so delighted that a fellow GM had struggled in a superior position for about eight hours before failing to win it. And Stuart Rachels asked, asked somebody else at the table after Korchnoi had gone, "Does Korchnoi really hate this guy?" And I said, "Oh no, 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 no. They, they get on fine." And Stuart Rachel says, "Well, was like, well, why, why is he so delighted that this guy's failed?" And he's told, "Well, this is life, you know. This is this is chess. This is this is how we are yeah. as, as chess players." So, um, so yeah, yeah. I think in real life, um, we we all enjoy each other's suffering over the board a bit a bit too much That's because cool. there, but for the grace of God, you know, go we. You know, could be us in that position. I think as well, as well you know, so the other, other little things I, I did quite like. I did like um, the bit where she steals steals the chess magazines. I thought was very good, and you know, yeah, you know, it, it kind of to me really conveyed the value of those sorts of you know publications and the difference it made to her. And I thought that was that was a nice, a small touch, but a nice touch in terms of how they managed to, to sort of to, to bring that to life. Um, yeah. You know, it was there was lots there was lots that was that were good. The interesting, I suppose, one interesting question though is. 
you know, originally the talk had been about this being a movie, you know, so back in yeah. 2008, it was going to be a movie. And of course, Netflix series, seven parts. I mean, I don't know exactly, but I'm because, you know, viewers of Netflix will know parts are always slightly different length, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably about six and a half hours in total. How, what, how would it have been better or worse if instead of being a six and a half hour Netflix series, it had been, I don't know, an hour and three quarters movie? Do you think it would have been stronger or weaker in that, in that form? That's a very interesting question because when I was when I was watching it, um, I was thinking this is when I got to the end. Actually, I was thinking this is really good, but they could probably cut. They could probably cut a really good feature film without shooting any extra footage yeah. out of the material they've got here. They could turn it into a feature film, and there must there's probably a business decision somewhere that makes them say, well, it's it's easier for us to produce it as a series than it is to put it in the hands of Hollywood, let's say, um, because maybe it's you have a lot more unknowns in, in, in the filmmaking industry, whereas they, you know, they've made their name, Netflix and Amazon, mm. by um, creating their own dramas and they have complete control over it. So maybe that's the decision. Mm. But that's that's what I thought. At the end of it, I thought, wow, you know, I didn't I never got bored. I mean, I watched seven hours of it and it flew by. But I thought that would make a really good film and they wouldn't have to do much mm. i think that's right because maybe what you do is you cut down the start because again you know the first episode in the orphanage is very true to the book is it's very well done but it it is a little slow i think i mean for me in some ways the first episode was the episode i liked least i think because it you know it, yes it's very very important to put the story in the context of beth's childhood because this is where all you know a lot of the challenges around the alcohol and the pills come from and the demons that she's fighting and of course the backstory which they build on in that in, in the netflix series so i totally get that but i think i think that bit could have been shorter because in effect you know to some extent i think the story starts after she leaves the orphanage you know of course you know it's a very vital link you know her being taught to play and so on but really it's when she plays in that first kentucky open and then everything really starts starts from there for me really it's interesting because if it were a traditional TV series, the way the way that TV series used to be released, especially in the States, I, I feel I, I, I sympathise with your point of view because I think in, in the commercial environment, um, especially American t TV studios, they will cut anything that doesn't have a huge rating after a couple of episodes. And I think it, it might not have survived that process. Yeah. Whereas with Netflix, with this whole new world of, they can produce the whole thing in a bubble and then just release it all at once. Yeah. You know, I've seen I've seen reviews that said, I'm not really sure about the first episode. And then they got really hooked. Uh, and I think you're you're right. I think in the in the kind of cold light of commercial reality, you know, they, they might have they might have lost the first episode, you know, in a I think so. in a traditional TV series. But I'm glad they they didn't because I think that way you get stuff it's more like I know this is a ridiculous comparison, but Netflix is, is to me more like the BBC used to be because it has complete control over production and it can just do what it likes. And at the end of it, you might get something that that works or that fails, but they will they will suffer or benefit accordingly. So it's in their interest to do it to do it well. I know. I, th I think I think that's right. I think a little bit more pace in the, in the first episode, but 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 I agree with you. That that, that is the beauty of Netflix. This is completely what completely what what it offers you know that it can do things like this do you think we should talk about about the leads i mean i thought i thought isla johnston as the young beth Harmon. i thought i thought she was fantastic i really did think that she 
you know really you know the intensity that she brought to that was 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 yeah. was, was, was 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 great you know was very was was, was yeah. very and you know and sort of interested to get your views both on her and then Anya Taylor Joy as as the as the adult lead. <laughs> well, there is there is a point there is a point it, in which uh, at which she she um she morphs from the younger to the yeah. to the older um character Beth and and that that didn't quite work for me but you kind of skip over that because at some point she has to she has to grow up and um the younger Beth she plays it with this kind of intensity she's got definitely got a killer look yeah and I felt I felt that Beth doesn't you know the older Beth the Anya Taylor Joy Beth doesn't even though she's great to look at she doesn't have that kind of killer look the younger one does definitely Mm. Yeah, I think I think I think that's fair. Actually, I think that's fair. It's it's just I, you can't I can't quite put my finger on it with with with, with Anya Taylor, Taylor Joy because you know she again clearly a very good actress and you know lots 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 to admire. But I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. The, tr- the transition is is yeah. always hard. You know when you see these TV series uh, or any anything and and you've got. The transition um, from young to old character is is always a really difficult one, and um, sometimes they they don't do it very well, and sometimes they deal with it by by adding humour. I don't know if you saw um, the personal history of um, David Copperfield, mm, mm. and uh, you know the lead character in that suddenly morphs into an adult, you know, halfway through a scene, which is really funny. Um, but they they the, the one thing they have um, against them is the fact that. Jolene, who's a really great character, she she is the same actress throughout. Yeah. So she has to play alongside yeah. um younger and the older. And that doesn't quite it doesn't quite work, does it, when well, she changes? Because she she definitely looks too old in the in the first <laughs> I thought in the Yeah, um, even though she's described in the book as being you know athletic and well developed yeah. and much older than you know all the other kids. Um but, but they I can't fault them for for the acting chops. No, no, no. You know, Anya Taylor Joy is, is is very good in and you know it's really hard, especially with such a critical audience of chess players, really hard to play mm. uh, a, a chess player of that kind of level and make it convincing. And I think I think they did a really good job. I mean, it's really hard having some personal experience of this, it's really hard to teach anybody to pretend to be a player, let alone a good player. Mm. And I don't know how they did the, the fast scenes because I would have said the only way they could have done that realistically is to slow it down mm. so that they can tell the actors where to put the pieces. But somehow they managed to train the, the, the actors to play chess convincingly. Yeah, but yeah, all, the moves, all the moves were proper moves. That, that's <laughs> absolutely, absolutely the case. Um, yeah, no, it's... <sighs> There's certainly a lot to a lot to think about and to explore. I mean, I wondered as well, Adam, in terms of, you know, do you think this will lead to the more more you know chess being, you know, for example, the thing I'm going to be watching tonight after my Coventry League game, I'm, I'm a little bit behind um with with Billions, but I'm watching I'm watching an episode of Billions tonight that's got Nakamura, yeah, you know, guest, guest. I don't know if you've seen that, but he's guesting in that tonight, and I'm wondering if maybe whether with things like this. Queen's, Queen's Gambit, obviously, and things like, you know, Carlson Nakamura, you know, the Blitz matches online, getting such huge, huge audiences. Let, I'd be really optimistic in asking the question, 
are we at the <laughs> brink? Are we on the brink of a new era where chess becomes, you know, comes up, comes mainstream culturally and so on? Or am I just well, hoping for too much? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm not. I'm not saying this just because you're here. Yeah. When you get something like this, um, what happens with most TV companies and filmmakers is that they look at the success of something like this and they think, where can we get the next? Yeah. Queen's Gambit and you know the same thing has happened on on Amazon Prime you know you get series that replicate other series and and I'm not kidding I wouldn't be surprised if in a few days time you're going to get a phone call from somebody saying we'd like we'd like to turn your novel (laughs) Ben into into a film or at least we'd like to have the option because I know that that will be that will be the first thing that they're thinking about in other TV um executives are going to be thinking where can we get the next one so that in itself i mean the fact that i think i think that highly of it i think that is a good sign i think Mm. that from my point of view if you can just normalize chess i mean it doesn't take a lot but if you can just normalize chess so that people people accept it as another possible subject for a drama or tv or even documentaries then i then i think you've you've got the makings of Mm. something um, that you can't you can't generate artificially, um, you can't get you can't buy publicity like this for chess. You know, if you went out and you tried to say, right, how are we going to let's sit down and, and let's see how we can popularize the game of chess? Mm-hmm. Almost everybody who tries that, they get it spectacularly wrong because they focus on all the things that we as chess players focus on. So what you need to do is you need to take it and you need to give it to a bunch of people who aren't chess players and who don't have those sensitivities and think. I might be destroying the image of the royal game. And you, you get them, you give them a bit of the, the love of the game and you kind of, you know, you, you get them to interview top players so that they know how passionate they are about the game. And you give them an idea of the history, which is quite interesting how that comes across yeah. in the Queen's Gambit. Um, and then you say, right, go and make something that people will watch. Mm. And I think they've more or less done, done that. Even even with all the kind of provisos, you know, I really am gritting my teeth every time they talk about chess and hoping that they won't, mm. you know, screw it up. But it's only in the voiceovers that they get it wrong. So it makes me think in post-production, yeah. they they needed to shoot the script separately. And the, the, the commentary, you know, is, um, I said laughable, but it's not, it's not laughable. But you, yeah, do you know what I, I mean? It, it hits many wrong notes yeah. simultaneously. I mean, I think, I think you know, I, I think for me, you know, the reason why the reason why I, I wrote my, my my novel, you know, the Greenback of Gambit, was because you know I was absolutely fascinated by this idea of you know the the conflict between the inner life of a chess player and you know how they then actually sort of get to grips with the with the wider world and actually you know having these two very very different different environments. I mean, I think I think chess really does lend itself to 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 to, to, to good drama. So. So first point, if anybody wants to give me a ring, I'd be delighted. But I think more Yeah, we'll have to put your, your contact details in the show notes. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think, you know, more, <laughs> more seriously, you know, it's interesting because we are seeing like a wave of, you know, new, of chess fiction. You know, you have Mark Marco's own chess fever, David Jenkins' spurious games. You've got obviously James Essinger's um, The Mating Game. I think he's actually being made into into some, into into a film or something at the moment. So, so you know, you know. You never know, but I think I, th- I think it just shows, doesn't it, that you know, sort of you know, books, films, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it's just another way in which maybe we can, you know, hopefully share the game that we love and bring it bring it to more people. Well, those of us who know chess 
inside out. We we know that there's a lot of drama involved, but it, it you know you need to convince other people who are th- who are thinking about other you know they have other motivations. <laughs> yeah. To do to do that, but, but you know, but again, I, I I can't remember when, but I think we've talked about it before, maybe on my last of these podcasts, or maybe somewhere else about you know when Fisher Spassky, everyone in um, it, you know in American bars wanting on the American football to be switched off so that they could watch, watch Fisher Spassky, you know, and again, yeah. again, again, obviously a very nice thing. Bruce Bruce Pandolfini was then the, the the commentator, the commentator on that. So I think, I think, I think my challenge, you know. To, to Netflix a little bit is and I understand why it is like it is and it, you know it's very very enjoyable but I think people can take a bit more grit maybe than they were given here and actually sometimes that complexity and that rawness could, could have come out you know Beth could have I don't know spectacularly bombed in a tournament she could have fallen out with more people you know there were things yeah. could have could have been done which I think would have added to it but I understand you know I, I totally get get the overall impression and one thing we haven't talked about though actually Adam is the fact that um Beth, as, as a female chess player, which we touched on a little bit last week as a book, and to what extent is this a story of um, a female chess player, or is it a story of a, of, of a chess player? It's a very good point, but f- first of all, I, I feel I I'm not really qualified to, to speak about sure. that <laughs> directly, but, yeah. but, I mean, the important thing is I've seen the way that, that female chess players have been treated mm. in tournaments and in clubs, mm. and she gets an easy ride and it might just be part of the, the drama, you know, that the fact that she's a captivating um, young lady and she's attractive, but there, there is a lot more. The problem with getting more women to play chess is, is that they are treated fairly poorly mm. at, when they, when they turn up at, at chess clubs, first of all, the environment's very poor. And then sometimes the way people receive uh, female chess players is, is very poor and and also sometimes the way you know we were talking about bad losers you know men men like to win and they don't like to lose and they they are spectacularly bad losers in, in some chess clubs mm. <laughs> i can you know i can think of a few occasions where people have thrown a fit mm. where where i've beaten them when, when i was a kid mm. they don't like young players they don't like female players mm. um you know it's that kind of closed environment and that's that's one of the reasons why i thought actually the book was was pretty pretty nice because at the end of the um, book she she goes out into the park um, yeah. and plays chess with with the old yeah. old guys old guys there and I think that's what it's all about it's about being embraced by by fellow chess players and I think that realistically you know when you turn up to a club and you're you're a young female player you don't always get a great reception yeah. and I think that's that's the problem so if, if a woman was if, if a woman was reviewing this, even an, just not someone who doesn't even play chess, I think they would see this in a cu- kind of different light, uh, you know, with their own experiences. Uh, I think. I mean, there was one review. I mean, not that I would focus on this. There was one review which immediately said that this young girl goes down into this dark basement with this older guy, and and doesn't doesn't have a bad experience, uh, you know. And I thought, yeah, I can see your point. Uh, I think that's fair. I, th- I, 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 yeah, I think I think it's fair. I think there was more scope for the, the kind of. Scope. But it wasn't the uh, the point. The point is that I I subscribed to Amazon Prime because I wanted to see Bosch. Uh, okay, so Bosch is brilliant adaptation of uh, the series of novels. Uh, I I subscribed to Netflix to see this, uh, and I think that I I would be happy to to recommend this to anybody who 
who's interested in chess, anyone, doesn't matter whether you're a dedicated player or world champion or just just know about the game, I think it would be worth watching. And I, you know, that's, I think that, I think that's the highest compliment I can pay. Yeah, it's, it's just really good. Completely. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's got us talking. It's got lots of people watching. There's lots of mainstream, you know, media coverage on it. You know, it's got some very high profile stars in it. You know, we can yeah. We can cope with each other. I think these are all these are all big positives, and we absolutely shouldn't take them for granted. But I think the thing is, I think I think where I land on it is, you can take all these positives, you can take all this in, you know, the enjoyment and the recommendations, but that, and still not think it's perfect, and still see ways in which it could have been better. But, oh no! But, but hey, you know, that's the way with all with all art, isn't it? You know, the, you know, where we get to talk and we get to dissect, and you know, we yeah. from some bits more than other bits, and you know, and. And, you know, I think I think we should, we should probably do our scores on the doors, but I suspect your overall score will be a little, little bit higher than mine. But that doesn't mean that I didn't think it was, you know, that, that it's a positive thing and, you know, and feels... Go on, let's do it. Out of 10, would you, what would you give it out of 10? I would go seven, I think. Where do you go? That's very good. I, I, I would give it... I would give it eight and a half. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know... And that's and that's from a point of view of having seen some of my favourite novels mm. decimated by adaptations. You know, I thought, how can you how can you even possibly begin to adapt this? Mm. And and sometimes they get it right and they do something that you never expect. And then sometimes they get it spectacularly wrong. This one, I think, was kind of in the middle. I think it was a really good adaptation. They definitely uh, messed around with some of the characters, but not enough that I felt that they'd lost the novel. You know. Yeah. I think that's right, and there was there were things that they could could have you know by staying faithful. I think they avoided a lot of pitfalls. Because for example, suppose they pretended that she actually became world champion at the end or something based on winning one game. Yeah, and they avoid they avoided some of these obvious traps that they could have fallen into. And I think they do definitely deserve credit for that. That's a good point. Although they did um, the final match is is basically she's playing the the world champion yeah. alone in in the hall with 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 an audience. And all the other players in the tournament have disappeared. And I thought, well, where have they gone? I thought it was an all-play-all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. apart from that, um, for, for dramatic purposes, they they probably did that. Yeah. Ben, what do we watch next? That's the thing. See, if, we, if we're not going to... We're going to have to wait a year for your novel to be adapted <laughs> and, and shot. So what are we going to watch next? Do you know anything I can watch next? Well, I definitely think we should think about this because you know, there's obviously there's things like searching for Bobby Fisher out there that, that, that we could could watch and talk about. It might even be worth us just 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 googling what what previous chess films and so on you know are out there and just just kind of seeing and and actually, frankly, if any listeners have any any suggestions or recommendations, that's a great or, great point. You know, maybe maybe we could see and you know, because I'm sure there must be some other things that we that we could definitely definitely explore. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I've sort of watched quite a lot of chess-based films in the past, and I'm thinking, like at the moment, there might be there might be something else that's that's just in the pipeline or, or just being published that we can we can watch. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do exactly that. I'm gonna wait for our listeners to yeah. suggest if they if they get this far yeah. <laughs> listening, they need to suggest something that we can watch and review. Yeah, no, that sounds like a great plan. That would be good. Well, listen, Ben, I didn't feel that, you know, in no way did I feel that I'd wasted seven hours of my life watching this. And I have, I mean, I have felt that about yeah. some some adaptations. Um, I'm working my way through um, 
every single episode of the revived Battlestar Galactica, all four series. And I'm almost at the end of the fourth series. So, you know, I am prepared to put a lot of work into binge watching. Absolutely. Well, Netflix is definitely the thing for you, Adam. It's, um, <laughs> we definitely <laughs> find some good stuff to watch. <laughs> Great. It's f- fantastic talking to That's you. Great. And um, send me some, send me the, send me what you would like to put in the um, show notes as your contact details. And I will put something in there. <laughs> Brilliant. No, that sounds like a- we'll, we'll get it filmed. Don't worry. We'll get it filmed. <laughs> Perfect. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Ben. Great to talk to you as ever. Speak to you again. Cheers, Adam. If you're a premium subscriber to my newsletter, imaginatively titled The Chess Circuit, you can suggest guests and topics for future episodes and enjoy many more yet-to-be-conceived perks. You can find the link to my newsletter in the show notes. Thanks for listening.